Hey everybody and welcome back to the DPI podcast. This is Matt and we kind of cut the what to do episode last time a little short. We got into a lot of detail on the attractions and the shows. So we wanted to continue it with some of the stuff that kind of works inside and outside the parks. So Peter, the first thing that we're going to talk about is some of the interactive experiences that are in the parks. So how about you start off with that? Yeah, last time we talked about the attraction shows and entertainment, which are which are more of the designated time, go wait in the line, go view the show, go watch the attraction, you know, whatever the case may be. But then beyond that, all of the parks have some interactive experiences that are as you feel like doing it, you can go ahead and do that. So maybe some of you aren't familiar with this or are looking for more to do around the parks beyond the attractions and shows. So hopefully in this podcast, we're going to be explaining to you some things that you didn't know you could do or some new ideas you've never tried before. So the first one I want to highlight at Magic Kingdom is called Sorcerers of Magic Kingdom. And the way this works is to the left-hand side, when you get in to the entrance of Main Street USA, you'll see the Red Firehouse. And that inside of that Red Firehouse, there is the Sorcerers of Magic Kingdom post. And they will take you through how the game works, but I can briefly explain it here. You get packs of cards that have different Disney characters on them. And the Disney card has an attack that's themed to themselves. So for example, there is the Flynn Rider frying pan attack, right? Just as an example of one of the cards. And what you do with those cards is you go around to different portals located throughout the Magic Kingdom and try to defeat villains who are working with Hades to take over the Magic Kingdom in the background, unaware by all the other park goers throughout that day. They're trying to steal the crystals of the Magic Kingdom and therefore take the power of the Magic Kingdom. And so it's a lot of fun going around to the different portals and doing the different attacks. And what's cool is in the animations, they change based on the villains, the henchmen change based on the villains. And then when you put your attack up, the animation matches the attack that you do. So when you throw pickaxes as Grumpy or throw frying pans as Flynn or whatever else, the screen lights up with that animation and those things go and hit the henchman or villain. So it's a really fun experience. And there are portals in Frontierland slash Liberty Square. There are portals in Main Street USA. There are portals in Fantasyland. And there are portals in Adventureland. So you have all these different portals. And it's a really great way to just spend your day in between fast passes, in between dining, or just walking around the park if you want to take it easy and go at your own pace. Over in Epcot, one of the big things I always hear from people is, yeah, but it's not geared for kids all that much. And I think the rides coming in are starting to change that opinion. But then there's still the thing of the World Showcase because the World Showcase doesn't have a lot for kids. However, there is an interactive experience called the Agent Perry World Showcase Adventure. In this, you use your phone and log into the website and inside of the pavilions, Dr. Doofenshmirtz is working on creating one of his innators to take over or to cause havoc on humans and Agent Perry then comes along with your help to thwart Dr. Doofenshmirtz's plans because 
Perry is tied up or working on something else. And so Carl needs your help to help thwart the efforts of Dr. Doofenshmirtz. It's in several of the pavilions and you can choose which pavilion to go to. But what's great about this is it allows you to experience the culture, cuisine, and drinks of the nation and your kids to run around and have a great time interacting with the scenery, the decor, and some of the other things there. So it's a really, really fun adventure. Over at Animal Kingdom, there is the activity known as Wilderness Explorers. You can check in as you go across the first bridge towards Discovery Island. There's a check-in post to the right, and they give you a book that you can go around to tons of stations learn a little bit about nature learn a little bit about africa and asia learn about some animals and some plants and then you get a sticker to put into this growing sort of passport book that you can write the information you learn and then put that sticker on hollywood studios doesn't really have interactive experiences but i would argue that they're coming so in galaxy's edge I would say that the building a lightsaber is a very interactive experience, but obviously that's going to cost a pretty penny. Building a droid is a pretty cool interactive experience, but again, that has a price tag along with it. And all the things that I've said so far have absolutely no additional price associated with them. And then there's, of course, to consider the fact that they are currently building that spaceship hotel where you're going to board the Halcyon ship and spend two nights and three days in a fully immersive outer space experience with one shuttle trip over to Black Spire Outpost on the planet of Batuu. There are some interactive experiences coming, but right now Hollywood Studios, their interactive experiences are going to involve a, a hefty price tag. But the other three parks have something that you can definitely do beyond riding the rides and seeing the shows. Matt, what do we got next today? So the next thing we're going to talk about is photo packages around Disney. And this is going to be stuff that's going to be outside of the Memory Maker and your PhotoPass photographers. Disney Fine Art offers not only family photo packages, but graduation photo packages, wedding photo packages, engagement photo packages all around the Walt Disney World Resort. So not only inside the parks, but also at the different hotels and some other different locations that makes for some really cool family pictures. So the pricing on this depends on where you are and how much time you're gonna have with those Disney photographers. They start out with a 15 or 20 minute photo package at either a park or resort other than Magic Kingdom. And those are going to be $225 plus tax. If you go to Magic Kingdom for the 15-minute session, you're going to have one location, which is usually around the castle somewhere, and that one's going to be $279. Once you start getting into the hour locations, anything outside of Magic Kingdom is about $500. And if you want to do it inside Magic Kingdom, it's going to be $2,000. So there is a huge step up. But there are some really, really cool locations. Um, my family has done the Magic Kingdom one, and the photos almost look like they're Photoshopped. They are so cool. We got in before the park opened. The lighting was 
unbelievable. The pictures of us in front of the castle are just something to die for. And with that $2,000, you also get a gallery studio wrap. That's a 16 by 24. And you get a photo book that has 20 of your photos in it that you work with the design team on creating. And you get a USB flash drive that has all of the high resolution photos on it. And they say you can print these out up to 30 by 40 inches, which is a large photo. So it's a really cool package. But anything that is in that hour range is going to come with your higher resolution photos. So we did one at the Polynesian our last trip. And the high resolution photos were on a website that we went and got. And the pictures turned out fantastic for that trip as well. If you've been on the website, you've seen some of the pictures from both of those sessions. And they do a great job. The, pho the photographers with Disney Fine Art are fantastic. So get on their website and check out some of their stuff. From there, we're going to start talking about some of the tours around the park. And, and Disney does a lot of cool tours at all of their locations. So, Peter, why don't you jump in and start talking about a few of those? Yeah, and when it comes to talking about the tours, you really have to ask yourself how much you'd like to spend because all of the tours are are a whole bunch of different wide variety of prices. So, the the park that has the most tours is Magic Kingdom, all right? Magic Kingdom has a whole bunch of different things you can do in addition to going to the Magic Kingdom. The most popular, the one that people maybe know the most, is the Keys to the Kingdom Tour, which takes you back behind the scenes, shows you the backstage area, shows you that famous Utilidor where the characters and cast members walk through so that they're not just walking through the onstage area. And so Keys to the Kingdom Tour is obviously something that a lot of people know about and do. But in addition to that, there are tons of other ones. There is one where you can look at the steam engines. There's one where you can experience the food. There's a family magic tour. And Matt, your family actually did that magic tour. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about that one specifically? Yeah, that was a really cool tour. So we took the grandparents on it with us. And it's a walking tour in Magic Kingdom. And it's really geared towards kids. And you're doing a scavenger hunt throughout that front Fantasyland area, Main Street, USA, into Liberty Square a little bit. But you're looking for little items all around the park and there's clues and the kids have a blast with it. You do a lot of different things and there are some fun surprises as you go through this tour that I'm not going to give away. But it's a really reasonably priced tour. It's in the morning so it's relatively cool if you on most days as long as you're not doing it in the middle of the summer. And it's, it's a really fun experience because as a parent you can kind of sit back and, and watch your kids interact with a cast member and, and do this with other kids. And really have a lot of fun with it. So, Peter, have you done any of the tours? Yeah, so one of the ones that I just mentioned that I've actually done is the the food tour at Magic Kingdom. It's called A Taste of the Magic Kingdom. And it's really neat because you work your way around and you see different kitchens and you get to try different food items. They sit you down and they explain the inspiration behind the, the meal that you're eating and where it's seen in the restaurant. And you get to meet some of the chefs at some of the locations. You get to see how... I guess the coolest thing in there is being able to see a kitchen and how it then sends food out to the restaurant and how they serve 
the huge amount of people that come through and dine at Magic Kingdom every day. So if you're a foodie, I highly recommend that tour. Um, another one kind of dealing with the Magic Kingdom is the Highway in the Sky, where you go and you start at the Contemporary, and then you ride the monorail over to the Polynesian, then you ride that over to the Grand Floridian, and then finish it back around to the Contemporary. And during that, you go from appetizer to second appetizer to full sit-down dinner, and then around to desserts where you actually can watch the fireworks show from one of the balconies of the Contemporary Resort. So that one's really cool. It does recommend that you are an adult and preferably over the age of 21 because all of those meals do come with a beverage, uh, unless, of course, you don't necessarily want that, in which case they will have alternative options available for you. But Magic Kingdom has a lot, a lot of tours. The second thing that I would say has the second most tours would be Animal Kingdom. Animal Kingdom has a lot of tours that are built around experiencing the animals. There are tours that allow you to walk backstage into the Kilimanjaro safaris. It's called the Wild Africa Trek, where you, you kind of like walk through zip line areas and bridges and all sorts of things as you see the animal exhibit areas from a whole new perspective as you walk through that and include snacks and things like that. And there are lots of other ones where you can have encounters with different animals, giraffes, rhinos, all of that stuff around Animal Kingdom and see it in a whole new way. Epcot has a, a couple of tours. The one that everybody knows about is the Behind the Seeds tour over in the Land Pavilion. And that one's really, really cost effective. It's only $25 per adult for that one. As Matt was talking about with uh, his Family Magic Tour, I believe the price of that's $29 or $39, 39, per, adult. Yeah. 39 per adult. And the kids are free. Yeah, so really, really cost effective ones. And then there's also the Flower Gardens. It's called Gardens Around the World. And you get to walk through each of the pavilions around World Showcase and learn about the horticulture and why they chose those flowers and, and sort of the origin of them. Because people don't realize that as they walk around World Showcase, but Disney intentionally designed all the foliage even in every single pavilion to make it seem like you've transported into that nation for that brief walk around there. So that's a really cool one, and, and a lot of people don't necessarily know about that. Beyond these tours, there are other tours around the property, so it's really important to go into My Disney Experience and click on tours and just take a look around if you're looking for something new and exciting. If you're sitting there going, wow, I've been to Disney a lot, and I feel like there's probably more I can do. You're absolutely right. And these tours change the way that you look to, at Disney. When I was in Disneyland, I did a walk in Walt's Footsteps tour. And it was remarkable to hear about the park from the eyes of the legend himself. And how he viewed Disneyland. And see all of his personal fingerprints on that park. Unfortunately, that's not possible at Disney World. But there are... So many ways to learn so much more about Disney, and these tours are a great way to do so. All of these tours that I just went over have a set itinerary, a set path that you walk through, a set experience that you get. But in addition to these tours, there are what are known as VIP tours. And Matt, why don't you tell us a little bit about those? 
although those do come with a, a little bit heftier price tag because all the ones I talked about are somewhere between like 20 to maybe $120 per person. Yeah, and Disney is great with the splurge. You know, for the people that want to spend the money, Disney has something you can spend it on. So I'm going to start kind of at the ride tours, and they've got a couple of really good ones. They have the Ultimate Day of Thrills, and then they have the Ultimate Day of Classics tours. And those are really focused around the rides, and they have a recommended structure, but you are able to say, hey, I want to ride this ride or try and get on this ride, and, and really change that to fit your group. Because in all reality, you're going to have one cast member with your group or maybe a couple of groups. There isn't going to be a lot of people with you guys. So you're going you're gonna to have a, a really low ratio of people to cast member for these tours. With both of these tours, you're looking at relatively high price tags. For four hours or for seven hours, you're looking at either $250 or $350 per person. No discounts for kids. So they are expensive. But what this allows you to do is say, hey, I want to do all the big rides at every park. And if you can jam that into seven hours, they're going to put you in the back of a Tahoe and they're going to get you from park to park and they're going to try and jam every ride in that they can in those seven hours. So they are going to try and make it as much worth your money as they can. If you want to get a little bit more pricey and a little bit more tailored to you, you can do a build your own VIP tour. Now you are looking at $425 an hour and there is a minimum hour rate for this tour, but it can have up to 10 people with it. So that $425 an hour is for all 10 people. So if you want to do it, I believe the minimum tour is four hours. So if you want to do it for the four hours and there's 10 of you, you're looking at about $160 a person, which isn't terrible. But what this tour is, is for you to tell them what you want to do and you try and pre-program it as much as possible. And you do as much as you can in those four hours with a cast member. You get a cool pin, you get a badge. It's, it's a really neat experience and, you know, they put a cost on it. But in some cases, it may be worth the money, especially if you're going there during one of those high volume times. It might be worth the money to try and do one of these tours if it's available and get a lot of those big name rides in and miss a lot of the crowds. Those are kind of some of your splurge options. Now, there are the four parks around Walt Disney World, but there's a couple that are kind of not known that are outside of the, the normal four theme parks. So Peter, why don't you talk a little bit about those? Everything that we've covered though has been really around those four parks. What if I want to go to Disney and I don't necessarily want to spend every single day going to those four parks? I still want some things to do. So let's talk about some of the things that you can do around the property that isn't necessarily walking into one of the four parks that are there. The first thing that you can do is you can go to a water park. When you go to a water park, you have two options. You can either pay for your admission to that water park individually, and it runs, depending on the day, about $50, $60. Or when you're selecting your park tickets, you can select the Park Hopper Plus option. And when you do that, you will get a day in any of the water parks or wide world of sport for the number of days of your park ticket. So if I get a five day park ticket, it's gonna come with five days at the park and five 
entry admissions to either of the water parks or wide world of sports during my vacation stay. So if I'm there for eight nights and I get a five-day ticket with the Park Hopper Plus option, I now have a lot of options for those other three days. Maybe I want to run into a water park for four hours and enjoy the day, ride some rides. Maybe I want to go over to Wild World of Sports and experience what's going on over there and see any of the, the shows and things like that. Another thing that you can do is use one of your park days for the water park. So instead of getting that Park Hopper Plus option, you can get an eight-day ticket. And at the end of those eight days, as that price per day comes down, you're getting down to the price about the price of that water park anyway. So if you are having one of those extended stays, you can use one of those park days and not worry about the Park Hopper Plus option as well. Yeah, that's a really good suggestion, Matt. And I'm glad you brought that one up because as the park becomes cheaper and cheaper per day, you can say, well, I can go six days or for five more dollars a person, I can throw a seventh day on. And then you consider, well, I'm paying $5 to go to a water park, basically. Um, so there are two water parks, and the two water parks are Blizzard Beach and Typhoon Lagoon. Blizzard Beach is themed off of a winter type, as the name would imply. It's located very close to the entrance of Animal Kingdom. And then Typhoon Lagoon is built around the idea of like a Caribbean shipwreck area. And that's going to be really close to Disney Springs over by the Epcot area. So both of these are really great water parks. They have a lot of what you think of a regular water park, though. So if you think of a Lazy River and Adventure River, some tube slides, some body slides, some larger family raft style rides, toboggan style flume rides these water parks have those rides for you in addition to the wave pools and the more like lounging relaxing large bodies of water so you have all of these different things at the water park they are themed absolutely to the nines because it is still disney so they want an interactive immersive experience but in terms of the rides and attractions you're going to see a lot of standard water park rides that you might see in other places but it's still a great time and a great way to beat the florida heat if you have that time to, to budget into your vacation and you don't necessarily care about pounding the parks every single day. So beyond the water parks, we have some other things that we can do around Disney. Matt, why don't you start us out on that? So yeah, so I'm a golfer and Disney offers four really, really cool golf experiences around the resort. So three of the golf courses are going to be over in the Shades of Green area across the street from Polynesian and the Grand Floridian. And those are going to be the Palm, the Magnolia, and the Oak Trail Golf Course. Those three courses are over there. The Palm and Magnolia are full 18-hole courses. And to play those courses, you're going to pay anywhere between about $25 for an early morning nine to about $75 for a in-season full 18. Oak Trail is a walking nine and you're gonna pay between 25 and $50 depending on when you play that course. The other course that's on the property is called Lake Buena Vista and it's over between Saratoga Springs and Old Key West. If you actually go into the Saratoga Springs Resort, that's where the clubhouse is gonna be. And it's another full-size course. And by full-size, these are between 6,700 and 7,500 yards, depending on where you want to play. And that's from the longest tee. And they've got multiple tees for everybody. 
but they're really nice courses. I've played three of them now. I've played all three 18-hole courses. I haven't walked the Oak Trail yet, but they're all in fantastic shape. They all used to host PGA-sanctioned events. They're beautiful courses to play, and especially with having a daughter, there are some things that I just don't want to do, like the Princess Aurora tea time and that kind of stuff. So, you know, one of the trips we had, a, the girls had a tea time with Aurora, and we had a tea time at Lake Buena Vista, and we both had tea times. It was, it was pretty awesome. So outside of the golf, there's also a couple of really cool mini golf courses. How about you talk about those, Peter? Yeah, these would be really nice if you don't necessarily consider yourself a golfer. You can still have that fun experience. Mini golf is always really enjoyable as a family, uh, depending on how the kids act, obviously. But there are two mini golf courses at Disney World on property as well. The first one is located over near Blizzard Beach. They sort of share an entrance. If you go into the entrance, Blizzard Beach is to the left, and over to the right is the Winter Summerland Mini Golf Course. And this is exactly what it sounds like. It's winter summerland. So some of the holes are themed like summer beach settings. Some of the holes are themed like winter igloos, all that great stuff. And this is what I consider a more traditional mini golf course. So you're going to have your decorations, your obstacles, your holes are going to be surrounded by, you know, the concrete walkways, paths, stuff like that, keeping your ball on the hole. The other one is called Fantasia Gardens. And this one is located back behind the boardwalk on a pathway that goes to the left of the Swan and Dolphin Hotel area. Fantasia Gardens is themed off of the movie Fantasia. So there's a lot of the buckets and Sorcerer Mickey and all those things in terms of decorations. There are scenes from those movies here. But this mini golf course is kind of interesting because the grass is a little bit longer. You're not just putting on that little green carpet that's sitting on top of concrete. You're actually putting on something a little bit fluffier, a little bit more plush. There's real water hazards. There's real sand hazards. And it's built like a mini golf course. Not the traditional, but legitimately a miniature golf course. And some of the holes are even themed to be replicas of actual holes that you would see out there on some of the more world-renowned courses. So it's very whimsical, very fun, and a pretty neat part. The cool thing about the mini golf is if you book a Disney vacation package, including hotel and tickets and dining and everything else like that, most of the time you receive, along with your magic bands, a Disney Magical Perks card. And the Disney Magical Perks card will entitle you to two rounds of golf for your, it technically says party of four, but I do know from past experience that if you walk up there with five people and your Disney Perks card, they're gonna let all of you go golf and you say, we're all on the same reservation. I don't know why it has four. But it's included essentially for free. Now, there is a stipulation that you have to go before 4 p.m. So on a day out of the park, that's no issue. Maybe I book a breakfast character dining at the uh, Minis Beach Bash Breakfast over at Beach Club. Or maybe I book the Bon Voyage Adventure Breakfast over at Trattoria Al Forno on the boardwalk. And then I make my way over to that Fantasia Gardens course 
hours and enjoy a really great morning with my family before heading back to the hotel and hitting the pool or maybe heading off to one of those water parks that we talked about. Because I don't know if I can necessarily spend 12 hours in a water park, but definitely worth five or six hours of my day for sure. Um, Beyond that, we have a whole area of the Disney property that we haven't even scratched yet. And Matt's going to start us into that. And then maybe I'll continue depending on what Matt says to us. Yeah, so Peter, there's this uh, huge area called Disney Springs now. And it's it's been around for a little while. It changed names. But really what Disney Springs is, is an outdoor entertainment area. So it is an outdoor mall with a lot of retail shops, some name brand, some Disney branded. It's also got a photo pass area that does some cool digital shots where they use green screen you in some cool areas around the parks. And then there's some entertainment and dining options there as well. There's a ton of restaurants. There's a bowling alley. And then there's a Cirque du Soleil area, which La Nubia was there, but they're creating a new Disney-themed Cirque du Soleil show that's supposed to open in the next couple of years. So this area is a huge area, and I will tell you, it's going to take you more than a day to get through it, but it's a great area to get out of the parks, spend some relaxation time, and just kind of stroll around and and just kind of window shop or do some Disney shopping because the largest Disney store in the world is there as well. Peter, do you have any other insights about Disney Springs? Yeah, Matt, you mentioned the the world of Disney store is absolutely massive. There's also a really big Lego store with a whole bunch of Lego figurines that are Disney characters that are built out of Legos. So massive sets of thousands upon thousands of bricks are, are laid out there. And so that's a lot of fun to walk around. Another really cool thing, though, is the Coca-Cola building. You can go up to the top and you can enjoy some different freezes and floats of different Coca-Cola products. And it's neat because you're up pretty high. It's about four stories high up on top of that little rooftop balcony and allows you to look out at the lake by Disney Springs. It allows you to see all the little water taxis floating around that you could book and go ride around on. It allows you to look out at the Port Orleans resorts. And it's just a really neat experience to just look around and take in a part of Disney from a, a new vantage point. And like Matt said, there are some great restaurants there as well. Just T-Rex is a fan favorite because it's essentially, think of a rainforest cafe, but dinosaur themed. So instead of being outdoor rainforest, it's dinosaur themed. So you have you know T-Rex that's animatronic and all these other types of things. And so that's a really fun place to eat. And there are plenty of other signature dining locations around Disney Springs to suit all sorts of palettes and and preferences. So Disney Springs is a lot of fun. There are street performers all the time, food carts all over the place. It's just a cool experience. If you've never been there, it's worth taking a day to go over there and just see some downtime and see some shops the Disney way. So yeah, I think that wraps up about everything in this episode. This is a great episode for people that are kind of Disney veterans that are looking for some other things to do. Um, We wanted to touch on some of the cool things that we've experienced and, and done around the parks. So again, thank you for listening to the podcast. Check us out on Apple Podcasts. Find us on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, Check out the website. And if you guys have any questions, reach out to us. Have a good day, guys. 
Turn your Disney dream into a magical Disney vacation with Princesses and the Mouse Disney Travel. Contact us at any of these options or learn more by clicking the website link below.